Another week has rolled around. Yes, so soon. It's already Friday afternoon. Welcome back to Sabbath Moods. Music and a message from the Word of God to prepare you to welcome the day of rest. Sabbath Moods comes to you from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. And my name is Erickson. It's my joy. It's my pleasure to be a host today, as usual. Well, I've got an interesting topic to share with you today. It's called focusing on what really matters focusing on what really matters so stay tuned uh, to find out what that is all about all right welcome back and god bless you Let's begin with a song of worship, a song that talks about what really matters. Michael Harris sings for us, The Heart of Worship. When the music fades and all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the ways things appear You're looking into my heart And coming back to a heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth Express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the ways things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus 
to Sabbath Moods, I'm going to read to you something that I wrote some time ago. Listen closely. It goes like this. Randy flicked the turn indicator switch of his black Mercedes to indicate that he was about to turn right, and he swung his expensive, classy-looking car into the driveway of his $950,000 dream home. The garage door, opened by remote control, was already halfway up, but as he prepared to ease his way into the carport, he noticed something Quite unusual. His wife's silver-gray late-model Ford Focus was missing. Strange, he thought. She's usually home before me. He parked the car, quickly got out, strode two steps to the door which communicated with the kitchen, and turned the knob. It resisted. It was locked. Hmm, something's fishy. Maybe she just wanted to get out of the house a little, he mused. But in that case, why didn't she call or text me? He fumbled through his bunch and selected the kitchen door key and with one smooth motion slipped it into the groove, turned at the deadbolt and pushed the door open. Janice, I'm home, he called. There was no answer. Janice, Janice, are you there? Everything looked perfectly normal. Everything was in its place. I mean, everything except for a pink torn-off sheet of notepad paper that was lying on the coffee table in the living room. Randy walked over to the table, bent over, and picked up the handwritten note. It read, Randy, I'm gone, and I'm not coming back. I've had enough. I simply can't take any more. Don't try to contact me. You will hear from my lawyer, Janice. Well, Randy's six-foot-two, 170-pound frame collapsed onto the couch. His heart was racing and pounding, giving him an instant headache. Sweat broke out on his forehead. He felt a strange mixture of hurt and anger welling up inside him. No, this was not happening. He struggled to his feet, strode across to the couple's bedroom, 
and started rummaging through Janice's belongings. Apart from her personal diary, everything was there. Everything, from cosmetics to shoes, to the dress that she had worn to the company's awards program the week before, to the ring that he had given her on their wedding night two and a half years earlier. It's as if she had left with only what she was wearing. It's as if she had tried to say to him, I don't need these and I certainly don't want them. You can keep them. Randy half staggered back out to the kitchen and instinctively pulled the door of the refrigerator. He bent over and grabbed a can of his favorite drink. He wrenched the tab and lifted it to his quivering lips and emptied the cool, fizzy contents down his yearning throat. Walking away from the fridge, he slammed the can down angrily on the kitchen counter. How could she? How could she do this to me? Look, look at all that I've given her. What more could she want? Does she have any idea how many women would give anything to have what she has? Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
That was an instrumental by Anthony Berger entitled The Gift. You're listening to Sabbath Moods on Faith FM with Erickson. This broadcast comes from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Please listen now as the Booth Brothers sing to us the masterpiece of mercy. seen before then with joy he was ready to display me to show the world what the cross was for a masterpiece of mercy a miracle of grace when the master sees one hurting and wipes the Sabbath moods, my friends. The Bible often compares the relationship between God and his people to a marriage. We read in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 5, For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. 
Jeremiah in chapter 3 verse 20 says, Surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. And again, we read in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, marriages sometimes go sour. What starts out in a blaze of glory often ends in the gray ashes of separation and divorce. The flames of romance often fade into the embers of formality. The gentle looks turn to glares, the hugs turn to hatred, the dreams turn to nightmares, the sweet poetic lines turn to outbursts of accusation, and I can't live anymore without you becomes I can't live with you anymore. But what would cause Janice, in our story, to walk out on Randy? What drives one spouse to take a one-way trip through the front door? The reasons may be many and varied. In Randy's case, he thought that he could keep his wife happy by providing her all the material comforts, all the socioeconomic benefits that a high standard of living could afford. He was bringing home the bacon, so to speak. He was doing his part, as far as he was concerned. They both had to work hard, and sometimes he had to work late to pay for the house, their lifelong dream. And he expected her to understand that. He had had many friends before they met, friends with whom he still wanted to spend time, just like she did, and he expected her to understand that. He needed to follow the World Cup matches live, to view the replays of those that he missed, and to catch up on the day's news when he came home, and he expected her to understand that. His sex drive was naturally more powerful than hers, and he expected her to understand that, and to do her wifely duty. He had to spend a lot of time with that attractive secretary at the office because they often work on specific projects together. And she was just being nice when she gave him that new tie. And he expected Janice to understand that. Well, the problem was that he didn't understand. He didn't understand what her real needs were. He didn't understand that as far as his marriage was concerned, he needed to focus on what really mattered making sure her love cup remained full. He didn't understand that expecting his wife to understand when he himself failed to understand constituted a major misunderstanding. So, in the words of my wife, when it happened, he didn't know what hit him. He had no idea it was coming. Of course, I've only given you one side of the story. But yes, marriages sometimes turn sour. They do. And the marriage between Christ and his people is no exception, friends. This time, it's not because the husband, who is Christ, forgets to focus on what matters. He always makes sure the love cup is full to overflowing. No, no, this time the problem is truly the wife, his people, those who claim to love him. Now, some of the Old Testament prophets in the Bible prophesied at a time when the marriage between God and the Israel had already gone sour. The book of Hosea in particular shows in real-life drama how deplorable that situation was. Hosea had a wife named Gomer. Gomer did not remain faithful to her husband. She lived an immoral lifestyle, which was only a sort of symbol of the spiritual impurity that could be found in Israel in those days. Two other prophets, Amos and Micah, saw the same mess and they cried out against it. The interesting thing was that the Israelites continued to carry out their religious duties. Yeah, 
They offered burnt offerings and grain offerings. They observed festivals like new moons and Sabbaths. They engaged in their ritual washings and ceremonies. They were doing the things that the good wife, symbolically speaking, ought to do. But hear what God said in Amos chapter 5, verse 21. He says, all the way to verse 23, he says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring me choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. And God was saying, in other words, like Janice, I've had enough. I simply can't take it anymore. Friends, I want to remind us today that the mistake many of us are making is one of failing to focus on what really matters. We might be paying close attention to many outward forms, but we miss the deep-down, nitty-gritty, bottom-line essentials. Sometimes we have a religion, but we lack a relationship. We do loads and lots of things to please God, but what does that matter? What's the point? The prophet Amos, in chapter 5, verse 24, answers. He says, But let justice roll on like a river, and righteousness like a never-failing stream. And another prophet, Micah, Micah echoes the same sentiment in chapter 6, verses 6 to 8 of the book that bears his name. He, he asks, with, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed all you people what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I'm going to come back in a while to talk about each of those. Acting justly, loving mercy and walking humbly with your God. Stay tuned.
You're listening to Sabbath Moods, a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church, right here on Faith FM. Today, we're talking about focusing on what matters. Now, question again, what will make God happy? What does he want from you and from me? What is it that really matters? Well, according to the prophet Micah, three things. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. So let's talk about these three. Act justly. Learn to treat people fairly and equally. Don't discriminate against anyone on the basis of gender, skin color, ethnicity, race, socioeconomic status, or anything else. See everyone just as God sees him or her, a very important person. Remember that the same measure you use in dealing with others will be used with you in return. So be honest. And be open with your wife, your husband, with your children, your colleagues, with those in your social group, your club, or your church. Let them see in the way you treat them a model of practical godliness. So, act justly. Number two, love mercy. Learn to forgive others just as God forgave you in Christ. Do it 70 times 7 and more if necessary. Ask God to place within you a spirit of forgiveness so that you will not carry any grudge, or if you're carrying one, that you will let it go before it kills your spiritual life. Learn to be angry and sin not, and not let the sun go down on your anger. If someone stumbles, don't kill him or her. Instead, lift that person up. Keep on loving those who have turned their backs on God, Let the perfume of Christian love filter through your entire being so that its irresistible aroma may win them back to Jesus. And when they return, rejoice. Because that's what the angels in heaven do. So, love mercy. Number three, walk humbly with God. Copy the example of Jesus. He was gentle and humble in heart. Recognize that you are a sinner and that you have nothing to claim except the amazing grace of a loving Father. So, humble yourself before Him every day and totally submit yourself to Him. Just say, Lord God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or pray like David, King of Israel. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should. Pray daily, Lord, save me from myself. In other words, walk humbly. So there you have it. Number one, act justly. Number two, love mercy. And number three, walk humbly with God. That's it. That's what God requires of you. But lest we rush to the conclusion that we're looking at another list of do's and don'ts, Let me remind you that our best efforts to meet God's requirements will only lead to failure and frustration. We're going to get tired. God will still say to us, I hate your good deeds. So today, let's direct our attention to a message in Matthew chapter 22, where in verse 36, a keeper of the law approaches Jesus and asks, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And friends, that 
is the point. That's the point. We need to focus on a love relationship with Jesus because that is what matters. In the words of Ellen White, who has your heart? With whom are your thoughts? Of whom do you love to converse? Who has your warmest affections and your best energies? If we are Christ's, our thoughts are with him and our sweetest thoughts are of him. All we have and all we are is consecrated to him. We long to bear his image, breathe his spirit, do his will, and please him in all things. Wonderful thought. Now, when that happens, when Christ dwells in the heart, the soul will be so filled with his love, with the joy of communion with him, that it will cleave to him. And in the contemplation of him, self will be forgotten. Love to Christ will be the spring of action. Then in the words of Amos, Justice will roll on down like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. I'll be right back. My Jesus, I love thee, I know. Thou art mine For Thee all the follies of sin I resign My gracious Redeemer My Savior art If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. My pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee forever. 
This is Faith FM 88.0 in Rockingham, and you're listening to Sabbath Moods from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. You just heard my Jesus, I Love Thee. Let's listen now to an instrumental entitled Meditations on Jesus' Love. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Sabbath Moods on Faith FM. Imagine that as you turn around, you see a strange figure standing in the room right where you are. You walk toward that figure, who looks like a man, and as you approach, he lifts his hand and you see scars. It's Jesus! He smiles at you and he says, Thank you for all that you are doing and all that you have done for me. But then he looks at you straight in the eye and asks you one question. Do you really love me? My child, do you love me more than these? You're busy running here and there, catching fish, so to speak, in my name. You're busy doing this, that and the other, helping people find a better way of life. You refuse to do anything that will not honor your beliefs and your faith in me. But, my precious child, do you really love me? I'm asking because that's more important to me than all the things that you do for me. I don't want your money. I want your love. I don't want your house, your car, your talent, your expertise, not even your time. I just want you. So, my child, do you really love me? Well, when that lawyer came to Jesus tempting him and asking him which is the greatest commandment in the law, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So the question for us today is, do you love him? Do you realize how much he loves you? Or have you gotten to the point where you've taken that love for granted? That love which was demonstrated when he died on the cross of Calvary for you. So can I invite you to renew that love right here and right now? Can I invite you to lift your eyes to Calvary, to see, to feel, to experience love and to respond with love? Can we not pray today that God will help us to focus on what really matters and that is spending time with Him, developing that love for Him that will motivate our every action?
As we wrap up today's message, let me recap the quote that I read earlier, one which really captures the essence of all that we've shared today. It says this, When Christ dwells in the heart, the soul will be so filled with love. Let me take that again. The soul will be so filled with His love, with the joy of communion with Him, that it will cleave to Him. And in the contemplation of Him, self will be forgotten. Love to Christ will be the spring of action. Yeah. And finally, the words of the prophet Micah, He has shown you, all you people, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Listen now to this song entitled, Whole Heart. Give me an 
This is Sabbath Moods on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Friends, I trust that you've been blessed as you've listened to this message today. And as we close, I want to invite you to pray with me. Let's pray together. Dear God, as we close today's edition of Sabbath Moods, my prayer for each person who has been listening is that you will help us all to focus on what really matters, and that is loving you with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. May we not get so busy doing things for you that we don't have enough time for you. But may we make it our first business to give our hearts totally to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it, friends. Catch the broadcast next week right here on Faith FM 88.0. Sabbath Moods is a broadcast of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church in Western Australia. Our building is located on 21 Wanless Street, Rockingham, WA. And our postal address is P.O. Box 368, Rockingham, WA 6168. We do have a website, rockingham.adventist.org.au, as well as a Facebook page. We meet every Saturday morning from 9.15 for Bible study and worship. And also, we have a small group meeting at 7 o'clock every Wednesday evening. Please do feel free to join us whenever our doors are open. So until next week, from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church, this is Erickson saying, May God bless and keep you. And remember to focus on what really matters. Take care. Bye-bye.